0: You're listening to the Going Offsides podcast. Your home for lacrosse news, stories, and everything in between. All right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Going Offsides. Today, we have a very special guest. Um, we're going deep into the vault. Um, this is someone who, uh, in my opinion, he, he's one of the one of the best up and coming coaches in college lacrosse Um, you know, obviously he he's dealing with um, you know, the issues surrounding COVID Uh, he's a former division one athlete at the university of Albany. He's actually one of the OG uh, conductors of the Dane train um, former Ray Enners award winner off of long Island and all around great guy um, coach Dwayne Stewart, the head coach at SUNY New Paltz coach Stewart. What is going on my man?
1: June, how you doing? Thanks for having me on. First of all, Uh, I love podcasts. I love talking to you in general, Um, you know, so hopefully I don't get too far off the, off the chain, but no, thank, thank you for having me. I'm excited about this.
0: Man, this is a long time coming. If you would have told me, uh, you know, 10 years ago that we would be here right now talking on Zoom and all of this stuff, I would have told you that you were crazy. But, um, you know, obviously, I'm so thrilled to have you on here. I'm so thrilled to ha- chop it up a little bit um, and really kind of hear about what's been going on with you. I know, um, you know, obviously, you're in the middle of your season. Uh, it's been a challenge to say the least in terms of everything that you've had to deal deal with, you know, from the NCAA level, from the state level with all the COVID restrictions and everything like that. But let's just get it going. How is everything going? How's the season going? How are the Hawks doing? I know um, we're just coming off of that game this week uh, with Newport, uh, I'm sorry, with uh, Plattsburgh. Guys gave it a valiant effort, had a great game plan. And, you know, hey, listen, you know, they had a little bit more depth than you, but, um, you know, listen, the Hawks are doing well. How's everything going?
1: Um, So far... Like, you know, there's been many challenges, Um, you know, I think every single university uh, or any single school, whether it's high school or middle school, everybody's facing some sort of challenge and we're no different. Um, My thing is with my message to my guys is we didn't know we were gonna have these opportunities to hit the field. So we might as well have fun and just learn how to play the game because this is really our first year playing. So um definitely uh there's been ups and downs we've been losing guys due to COVID uh COVID and quarantining and and those things and we're just looking to get healthy and uh you know figure out what we have so we could work on the future um you know uh this year is not uh this year is not up year for anybody so we're just looking to have some fun while we are learning how to play the game together
0: absolutely And, and you kind of talked about it um you know briefly just right there I mean this is you know, your second year, so to speak, but last year was actually your first year. You guys went two and two, um, you know, got your first overtime win uh, against SUNY Purchase, um, you know, but had your season cut short for COVID. I mean, how has... Um, the development of your guys from, you know, last year to this year with your returners gone, um, you know, I know you guys didn't have that, you know, traditional of a fall ball. You guys were in your small groups and things like that. How were some of the, you know, what were some of the challenges that you there to try and really kind of maneuver that, um, you know, that system and, you know, basically the things that were put in place by, you know, the school, the conference, you know, the NCAA and the state.
1: Um, the only thing that I could really do, Uh, from a distance while, you know, trying to groom my guys and to be better athletes and be better men was to be on the phone with them and constantly motivate them to do more for themselves. Get outside and run or do some home workouts or just do better in school. Um, Those are the only things, um, you know, from a chemistry standpoint, trying to get everybody to, you know, mesh. It it only happens on the field or in the locker rooms, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Both of those are taken away from us. So um, it did stunt our growth. Um, it did kind of, uh, push our timeline back a little further than I anticipated, but my guys are sponges. They love the game. Um, we record every single day of practice and I put up notes for them. So the game of lacrosse, as you know, since you were my head coach, (laughs) Memorial, um, the game is a mental game. So as long as you have that in check and you can develop skill set, you can build a better athlete. So, um, it did slow us down, but we're going to get better and we just need some more time together. That's it.
0: So, um, you know, absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. So in terms of kind of like what you guys were doing, did you have guys that were um, hybrid in the fall doing online classes? You guys have some in-person classes and are you guys completely in-person now doing hybrid? How has that been? How's that been working out for your guys? And how is that um, really kind of, you know, obviously it's always a challenge for that, for those freshmen coming in. How has that transition been, especially dealing with you with know, the situation that we're dealing with with
1: COVID, for the freshmen. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think in the spring we completely went remote, and in the fall we, uh, spring of last year when yep. COVID first hit, uh, we went complete remote. Uh, the fall and this year we are doing hybrid courses where some of them are in class. Um, so, like your labs, your mm-hmm. business courses, some of them will be in in class. Um, <clears throat> but my freshmen are rock stars in the classroom. They're actually great kids, and they, you know being at a high academic school, a state school, I only, uh, the only opportunity, uh, the only kids that I can bring in are really strong students um, that can squeeze through admissions. So we actually had the best uh, semester as a team. Um, we had an overall GPA of a 3.12 um, as a second year program. Um, you know, So I think it's only gonna get better as we move forward when we could actually have in-person classes because You know, I think kids do better when they're in front of their teachers and teachers give a little bit more leeway when they understand their students and know who they are as people. So, um, you know, there's been challenges from, for some of the guys that need extra help, like tutors, um, stuff like that. Um, any student that need extra push that hasn't really been there for them as much. But, um, again, um, you know, I try to force my guys to kind of work together so they could get through, uh certain projects or certain courses because majority of my guys are in the same courses. So,
0: Absolutely. Absolutely, man. So, you know, you're talking a lot about that. I kind of want to pivot a little bit. So, and, and talking about your story, like we're not going to kind of go into it. You know, if anybody, you know, has been living under a rock and don't know you and I obviously go way back. We're from the same town. We played for the same high school coach. Um, you know, we obviously actually spoke to college. him today. Spoke uh, to Jim,
1: Jim Doug today. I He's doing him. great.
0: I text him every every day, every, every day. He always texts me. He just, you know, this, I know for, for, for him uh, this last year has been crazy because they haven't, you know, that guy without lacrosse is, you know, it's, it's it's extremely tough, you know, it's tough for (laughs) us, but it's, you know, that guy has had such an impact on so many people, but you know, obviously we're from the same hometown play for the same coach we've coached together, you know, over time, you know, we, we became acquaintances that ended up being family and I know your story um, you know, in terms of everything now, and I'm not going to ask you to go through it, but I, w- in terms of everything, we know that, you know, I know that you were a heck of a basketball player. You played on a championship team in high school. You know, you were a heck of a quarterback for football and had obviously looks to play football in college. Um, you know, and, and, and if anybody has ever has a chance to see coach Stewart, um, you know, that he has the hands to, that can palm a football and throw that football a quarter mile. Um, <laughs> What was it about the sport of lacrosse that got you? Um, Because listen, you know, in our town, it's a very diverse town, but um, you know, and obviously diversity is a big deal when it comes to the sport of lacrosse, but um, you know, it, it, you know, it wasn't something that you typically saw a lot of as far as, you know, um, African American, you know, student athletes going on and really kind of choosing that path to play lacrosse. What was it about that sport and um, kind of elaborate on that?
1: um <clears throat> I don't know lacrosse it was always intriguing to me The the second that I saw it going into like I think it was the spring going into my eighth grade year like you know I was in seventh grade I saw cross and I literally was like what the hell is this I I need to learn more and somehow I was able to get my hand on the stick going into that summer and the first thing that I did was learn how to restring the pocket and I don't know why I, I just saw it as a challenge so like I just wanted to do it. And, you know, then I started playing the game and I noticed how difficult it was in terms of like how to protect my hands, how to throw a a pass that's a good pass, uh, how to catch the ball in traffic. And I'm the first person that, um, you know, if there's a challenge in front of me and it's something that I'm interested in, I'm gonna do whatever I can to like, you know, to to win that challenge, to beat that challenge. And then at the same time, lacrosse to me was just a mixture of all sports. I played football since I was a a young buck. I played basketball in the front yard, you know, with my brothers, uh, you know, growing up and it was, you know, pretty much like muscle ball, you know, Mm -hmm. we wasn't doing anything skill wise, We was, you know, hitting hips and shoulders that, you know, in the middle of the street. So like, it just seemed like a blend of all different sports. And it kind of got me hooked on it the second that I started playing and, um, you know, from, from you know eighth grade on, i just been around great people that kept me in the game, that kept on pushing me forward. And um, and that's how I kind of fell in love with it. It wasn't only just my care for being a competitor and challenging myself. It was the people that surrounded the game that kept me uh, motivated to get better.
0: There's uh, one thing that is it's burned in my mind and, and it's, it's about you. And I think I might've told you this. And if I haven't, you know, I definitely have. You probably just forgot but I'll always remember this. And I remember, you know, it might've been my junior or senior year because I'm a few years older than you. Not a lot. I'm still pretty young, but I feel old. (laughs) 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 Um, You know, back then, you know, it's not like nowadays where kids had a bucket of balls. You know, if a kid had a bucket of balls, he was living up in Manhasset or Cold Spring Harbor or one of those uh, one of those fancy towns. You know, us kids on the South Shore, especially in Copeg, if we had like five or six balls to shoot with, we felt like we were kings. And I remember you, you would show up after practice, after varsity was done with practice, because you're still in middle school with one ball and you would shoot it. And if you missed you would run it down, bring it back, and do it again. I, you know, and I don't know why that always stuck with me, but it always has. And I feel like that's like, uh, it, it, it just puts a glimpse into um, who you are as a person. Like you said, if there's a challenge, you're always going to knock it down. And I've always been appreciative of that. And it's always something I, I think about. And every now and again, um, when I'm thinking about lacrosse, I'll think of that and I'll smile. It's usually when I'm watching Newports play or uh, we're texting back and forth, but you know, I, I mean, it, it, it's just something that I, it, it's so funny. It's just a, such a funny story. You think it's seventh or eighth grade kid with one lacrosse ball, chucking it, missing it, missing the net high, and having to chase it down and God. run a hundred yards to go get it. But that's that's that was you in a nutshell. It was amazing. Yeah. Um, no, I, and I
1: actually and, and, I, and I I do remember those days, and I took that as a chance too because everybody wants to highlight goals, those top corner goals, or ringing mm-hmm. it off the pipe and getting it in and. You know, I was aiming for that, even though I didn't know what the hell was going on. I I couldn't figure out how to shoot properly. And uh, now I challenged myself and, you know, I didn't have the means to buy a bunch of balls and I didn't have Coach Conan in my life back then. So, like, I literally had to find a ball after a varsity game and bring that home with me and hold on to that thing for dear life because that was (laughs) probably going to be my only one, you know. (laughs)
0: <laughs> when was it for you man that you knew that hey coaching is for me this is what i want to do with my life because listen you got a psychology degree um you know you you understand people really well what was it you know when when you know when did that light bulb go on in your head you're like i, I want to try and make a go at this and, and be a lacrosse coach
1: well i i think it started with i, I was at um poor he used to have a camp or he still does have a camp i'm not sure if it's going to continue to go because of Covid, I haven't spoke with him about that, but there's um, no limit lacrosse camp. I, I used to work it, and uh, I would stay up at his house, um, and we would work it in Bedford, New York. And I was working with this one kid, and he was very talented, all left-handed. And I was just sitting there, like off in the corner, just teaching him how to play the game a, a different kind of way, because he was very linear in the way he thought the game and the way he dodged, and Before the end of the week, the kid was, you know, tearing everybody up. He was doing all kinds of different moves. He was having fun with the process. And, you know, and towards the end of the day, I think it was like on a Thursday and the camp would go to Friday. Some lady walked up to me and was like, hey, would you like an opportunity to, to teach at a boarding school, at one of my boarding schools, our private school? And I was like, wait, What she was like, yeah, um, you know, my son loves you. He says that you, the way you teach him, the way that you talk to him, um, you know, it makes so much sense. And he and he listens to you, and not too many people could get him to listen. And I was like, uh, I can I get your information? And I didn't know what to do, I was like 19 20 years old. Mm -hmm. You know, I told Paul, and Paul was like, oh, you should hold on to that, but like. I was a kid, I crumbled the paper up, I threw it over my shoulder, that was the end of it. But as I started to get through my 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 playing career at Albany and getting some new coaches into Albany, uh, you know, we we got Coach Wolf in and Coach Gleason in my last two years there. And the way Coach Wolf taught the game, it made me understand the game so much more. And it kind of made me think about that moment when that lady was like, the way that you talk to people, the way that you uh, train the mind is, you know, something special. And that's what kind of got me going. Coach Wolf, kindled kindling that thought. And I was like, man, this is something I could be good at. And thanks to you, um, I was given that opportunity at a brand new program and, you know, the rest is history.
0: Well, listen, man, you know, you, you definitely, you're a teacher of the game and you understand the game quite like nobody I've ever really come across. And, um, you know, obviously, you know, everything that you've earned, you know, you, you, it's been through hard work. So, I mean, that, that goes without saying, and you've mentioned, uh, you know, a few of these guys. So, I mean, um, and it might be more than three, but, you know, having a little bit of background, you know, you've had some pretty significant mentors in your life, um, you know, when it comes to the sport of lacrosse and just life in general, you know, we talked about, um, you know, your high school coach, you know, obviously playing for one of the the more well-known coaches, um, you know, in Division One and one of the, you know, better, you know, more well-known guys in, in Coach Mar, right? I mean, everybody um, seems to have such a high opinion on him and, and deservedly so, you know, and then there's another one and you you brought it up a little bit too about uh, uh, Paul carcaterra cark. can you talk a little bit about, you know, those, spe- and if I'm missing out on anybody, definitely bring them up, like, you know, what, you know, how did those mentors kind of help, Prepare you and um, kind of you know change some of your thought processes and help make you a better coach, uh, a, a better man, that sort of thing. Talk, you know, elaborate on that, and then obviously, you know, your mentors don't have to just be your coaches, but I mean, um, you know, you've you've talked a little bit about those, so you know, kind of elaborate a little bit on that.
1: Um, well, Paul, he honestly, I, I think he opened up many doors for me, and. Uh, you know, I, I actually talk to him right now more than ever um, through texts or, you know, he called me the other day when he was uh, driving to the mar- the supermarket mm-hmm. and he was telling me about his Husky and stuff like that. He he happens to be like, you know, like a godsend. Um, he wants to help out anybody that's looking to help themselves. And he took a chance on me when I was a kid when I didn't know he existed because I was just an athlete and I was doing the right thing when I thought nobody was watching. Him. And that's the kind of person that he is. He he wants to help people out and is and as long as you're a good people, he will do whatever. He'll break his back in order to make sure that you're supported, you know. And I could say the same thing about any of my other mentors, including you. You know, you took a chance on a college kid. Oh, I didn't even graduate Albany yet, and you told me wherever you go, you're gonna take me there. And two years later, you know, right after I graduated Albany, I I get a phone call from you like, "What are you doing? Come down to Tennessee. I want you to check this place out."
0: And-, and listen, we had we had a little, and you know, I don't know if you remember, we we did have a little help from Clark. I mean, I had I had some few, I had a few emails back and forth with him. And listen, that guy didn't know me from a hole in the wall. You know, he just knew that you know um I was one of Conan's guys you were one of Conan's guys and you know, for whatever reason I think you know he just loved he loved coach Conan and he loved his guys so um yeah. you know but yeah no he
1: he like I said he's a big supporter of his people and coach Mark like I haven't met a person who doesn't uh, not not coach Mark I'm sorry coach Conan I haven't met a person ever in my life that didn't like that man and He's the person that kind of got the relationship going with Paul Clark taking me to no limit camps in Glen Cove, New York, um, near CW Post. That's where I kind of was introduced to Paul, and then from there the relationship blossomed because he's just a great person, and Coach Conan kept that relationship alive. Um, and then from there that hooked me into Albany with Coach Mark, because Paul and uh, Paul Clark and uh, Coach Mara from Yorktown. They grew up together. Uh, Their brothers are best friends. Um, you know, so when I was like for first spot, Paul was doing digging and
0: Yorktown you know, Mafia strikes yep, again.
1: Yep, that's like you know, I, I'm a Yorktown, you know, yeah, you know I'm, yeah. I'm a part of the Yorktown, yeah, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I got a bunch of people
0: there, but listen, uh, everybody anybody who's played college lacrosse in the Northeast has had a teammate from Yorktown, and I'm no different.
1: I got yep. it, and it's it's a it's it's probably one of the best places to grow up and play lacrosse because they teach it the right way. And those kids are disciplined, you know? So I I got a bunch of mentors, man. And even outside of the game of lacrosse, I got a lot of people that I appreciate just because they helped me in some way, shape or form. I can't name all of them now off the top of my head, but um, there's a lot of people. If I ever become rich, I'm going to be taking them (laughs) along. So, all right.
0: So we get to, we talk about, uh, Cark, we talk about your your high school coach our high school coach um you know let's get into your experience at albany a little bit and you know obviously you know we don't have to dive into it too much i mean everybody knows the dane train and all of that stuff you know you were there when things weren't necessarily going so great you know you when you got there things were okay and maybe things you know kind of had a couple of down years but when you left you definitely left that place you better than you found it right um You know, in terms of your, you know, your experience with Coach Mar, you know, he seems like, you know, the, the ultimate teacher, somebody who is just a developer of young men. Um, and also, you know, he does it a little bit differently. You know, what was it about that place, that program, you know, that guy and, and over your time there, how things developed and changed, you know, to, to, to help you guys end up, you know, becoming the Dane train with which what it is today.
1: Um, I think when I first got in there in 2008, um, we were just going through a rebuilding process because the team came off of like, you know, a, a great run the year before.
0: Yeah. I was with Jordan Levine and coach Gleason and all those guys, right?
1: Yep, yep. And once we lost all those guys, it was like a rebuilding process, you know? So we had to reset the culture. Um, we had to, you know, get the right recruits in, um, You know, it it was a process, but, you know, when you have somebody like Coach Smart, who's such a caring person, um, that's the kind of coach that he is. He cares about you on the field. He cares about you more off the field. You know, Um, it makes people want to work harder. It makes people want to figure things out sooner. And I think because of that spirit that he has, um, he he was able to land really good recruits in the Thompsons. And I think that's what rekindled that, you know, that, that culture, or that, you know, that, that tradition of winning for Albany, which was Mm -hmm. there prior to when I got there. And, you know, and it's still burning to this day because of the, the trail that the Thompsons left, you know? So I think it has a lot to do with the leader. Um, I'll say to anybody, it takes the leader to get things going in the right way, and it takes care from the leader in order to get people to believe. And Coach Mars, uh, you know, he's very charismatic and he's very caring. He's a he's a big teddy bear man. He loves people. He 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 wants to hug you before he shakes your hand. And I think that's why Albany will be great as long as he's there.
0: And you're starting to see a lot of his guys, you know, guys, you know, maybe a little bit older than you guys that are, you know, have played with you. How many of his guys are now in the college coaching ranks and even more in the high school coaching ranks? You know, um, it's uh, in college.
1: It's got to be at least 10 plus. Yeah. At least 10 plus. Coach Marks, he shot me a message last week and was just seeing how I was doing. And it, and it threw me off because I'm like, you guys got a game against Vermont. They're a top 20 team.
0: Yeah,
1: Why are you reaching out to me? It's because he cares, you know? Like I said, he cares about people off the field. And and, and that shows me right there. So, yeah, you know, it's uh, it's crazy. He has so many guys. So I'm sure he was sending off a lot of text messages. Yeah, well, yeah, that guy's
0: <laughs> that guy's phone bill must be through the roof. Um, <laughs> yo, but I mean, listen, I... I, I I have to ask the question, but we're not going to get into it. But I mean, you know, obviously with the news today of Albany dismissing to Hoke and Anticoke, um, you know, you know, and, and we're not going to discuss that because, you know, obviously I don't know the particulars, you know, you don't know the particulars and we're not going to do that. But I mean, you know, as far as your experience, being an Albany guy and and knowing Coach Marr in that situation, um, you know, it seems like this isn't just, you know, it wasn't just one thing that really kind of, you know, set this off. It seems like, you know, with him being the person and the caring person he is, you know, am I wrong to assume that, you know, there were a couple, there might've been more than one incident that might've led to this. And, you know, he seems like the type of guy that, you know, give, you know, there, there's multiple chances before it gets to that because, you know, it, it seems that, you know, that's probably the last thing that he would ever want to do to any one of his guys is have not not have that person around the program, right?
1: Yeah, I, honestly, I, I couldn't tell you. I don't know the ins and outs, but all I know is, uh, you know, he, Coach Moore is very forgiving. He's a caring man. And I, I don't think he would, you know, cut anybody. I don't think he would hurt a fly if, if it wasn't necessary. So um, I'm not sure what happened. I just hope that, Tohoka um, is healthy and, you know, he could figure things out from a personal standpoint. So he, you know, could bounce back from this because it's going to be tough for him. But Coach Mart, I, I think he, you know, I think it probably hurt him more to do this than anything else, if, you know, if anything. So I, I feel for the program. I love the program. I love Coach Mart. I met Tohoka a couple of times. I think he's a great young man. Um, I just hope that everything is well with him and he can bounce back.
0: Absolutely, you know, and, and I think the best thing, I think he put something out today and, and I did read it. Um, he's gonna finish his degree. At the end of the day, that's the most important thing. And and he did mention that, you know, he has Coach Marr's support and Coach Marr is gonna, you know, honor everything that he, he said he was gonna do for him. Um, and, and I think that's wonderful. The most important thing is, you know, that piece of paper that you get when you walk out of there and um, you know, I have no doubt, you know, you're going to see Tahoka playing, you know, in the PLL and in the NLL and everything like that. He's a generational talent, but, you know, it's just, it's just unfortunate. You never want to see somebody's um, career, you know, end the way it did, especially with how it started. Right. You know uh, um, so, I mean, you know, all the best, you know, I hope that, you know, both sides obviously, um, you know, um, bounce back and go in a good way, but we're going to move on to a few fun things right now. Okay. I got a couple fun questions for you. We're going to do a little speed round. Okay. So m- here is the question, you know, what is more, what was more exciting? Okay. Your first win as a head coach with the new Paul Hawks, winning the America East as a player at Albany, or three, realizing that you never had to drive from New York to Tennessee again.
1: Oh, definitely the last one. <laughs> last one. 12, 13-hour trip, man. Listen, I, that's definitely, that was the most exciting thing once I figured out. I was that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, and now, and now you're only an hour and a half away from your your family. So you get to go home and see, see your brothers and you know, maybe have Justin take you out for uh, for a
1: meal yeah he, he better he's making the big bucks as a new york city cop he, he better take care of me
0: that's it man i wouldn't <laughs> want to mess with that guy well six foot four him he'll, he'll put somebody through a wall <laughs> yeah. um, all right question number two all right who cuts better hair you or kark <laughs>
1: Me, uh, my fades, my fades are crazy. I they gotta, are, me, they are. Me and Paul gotta have a cut off or something like that. I don't well,
0: know. Well, listen, baby, you will be the special guest on uh, on ESPN one of these days. He's gonna have he to get saying, you in.
1: I don't wanna, I don't wanna do that because then they're gonna want me to take his place. Well,
0: you know? I, well, listen, it doesn't. He's he's doing a lot of those old man fades. He's not doing those skin fades like you used to bless me with
1: you listen i got the skin paid down pat you know, i might have to bless forward one you know, there so you
0: go I, listen nope that guy's not letting anybody touch his hair uh, <laughs> nah. maybe he'll have you do a niche's hair i don't know maybe <laughs> 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 all right final question final question who was the better bad cop you or me
1: oh 100 you, 100% you. <laughs> i couldn't be a bad cop for too long man i saw that laughing at the end of the day like you know you was the bad cop and the next thing you know like you would you would coddle the person. uh, You know, I wasn't good at that. I would be coddling the whole time.
0: Oh man. So yeah, man, listen, that's a lot of fun. That's funny. That's funny. I'm glad we can finish on some fun stuff, but listen, man, um, you know, as far as everything goes, what, what's next for the Hawks? What do you guys got? How are you feeling about the rest of the season? I know we got a big one on deck this weekend. You're playing the bears, right? Potsdam bears.
1: Yep. We play on Friday against the bears. They have, probably one of the best players in the conference. Uh, I think he's all American caliber um, (laughs) if he keeps up this uh, pace. But um, next up is just getting our guys back on the field tomorrow and just worrying about, you know, one day at a time. Um, Just getting better as as a unit and building up the chemistry. Second year program, I think that's the most important thing.
0: That's it, man. In the, in, the, in the Sunyak, one of the tougher conferences in the Northeast um, with one of the most affordable educations, might I add. So if you're looking for a place to play, don't hesitate to uh, reach out to my man, Coach Dwayne Stewart. He's doing a great job up there. Uh, Coach Stewart, man, thank you so much for, for coming on with us. Um, I wish you nothing but the best this season moving forward. We're definitely going to have to have you back on again. Um, but thank you again, man. All the best moving forward.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me. Uh, we got to talk shop outside of the podcast, but uh, um, this is fun and I'm looking forward to the next one. Absolutely, man. Have a good one. If
0: you enjoyed the show, be sure to subscribe, give us a review and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at going offsides.